Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila, and Happy New Year! Today is January 1st, the first day of the new year. This episode would be released on January 2nd, so the second day of the new year, but still equally as good. Exciting times! It's finally 2023, 2022 is over. Um, First off, I want to recap the 2022 baseball season, how amazing it was. We had so many milestones hit last season that I feel like are more than usual that you usually have in a baseball season. Definitely not in 2020 with COVID. 2021, not really, but 2022 baseball season was pretty good. We had Aaron Judge be the AL all-time home run hitter, hitting the most home runs in the AL with 62. Then we had Albert Pujols hit his 700th career home run had 703 to retire. That is insane. Unreal. And then Miguel Cabrera, 3,000 hit. Like, come on. So many milestones were hit last season that were just shocking all around the sports world. I feel like those moments are definitely like out of baseball moments. Do you guys know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you're a baseball fan, like it, it hits because it's like, wow, this guy who maybe I've been watching him ever since I was little just hit his 700th home run in his career, in his last season. And then to other people who may not be as big of baseball fans, it's eye-opening because it's like, it's something that draws people's attention no matter if you're a diehard baseball fan or not. And I think that's really great for the sport, so... What a historic season for us, honestly. I definitely loved last season. I think it was great. But as we know, the page turns and now we turn to the 2023 baseball season, which is going to look a little bit different. We know that there's new rules, um, a lot of new signings, trades, new managers, new front offices, no new stadium yet. Sorry about that, Oakland Athletics. I was rooting for you. I really did want the Oakland Athletics to go to Las Vegas. I think it would have been better for the city, for the team, players, the baseball world. Honestly, for everybody, no matter if you're an Athletics fan or not, it would have really benefited the sport. And unfortunately, it hasn't been done yet. And I don't think it's going to be done soon, which honestly sucks. So I'm really hoping that that gets back on track. I think it'll benefit a lot of people, not just people within the Oakland organization or the athletics organization, the players, the fans, much more than that. They deserve a new field. Come on. All right. Anyways, the 2023 season is going to look different, like I've said. And I've already touched on the new rules in baseball that are going to be applied. No shift, bigger bases, a pitch clock, and we've talked about it. I said what I said. You guys can go check out that episode. I think it was the last episode before this. Um, But today, we're going to talk all about the new signings. I mean, free agency has have to be like one of the most exciting times in baseball, especially this year with this free agent market was insane. The shortstops on this list, just jaw-dropping. So, We're going to talk all about the free agents, where they are now, what happened, a little bit of drama, some trades, 
and yeah that's really what we're going to talk about here but it's going to be a big one because as we know a lot happened and we're just going to get right into it but before that i do want to announce there's going to be a new schedule for the off season for the next two three-ish months uh it's three for the next three months we're only going to do one episode a week of regular baseball just because not a lot has been happening as of now. I feel like really once like this, like Christmas hit, it's just been dead. Like nobody has signed and we've had no really like exciting news. Um, but there's still free agents out there. Um, but yeah, so it's just going to be one episode a week on Mondays. Every Monday, come here for your regular baseball episode. On Fridays, it's going to be a Cubs episode. So two episodes a week, one's going to be Cubs, other one regular baseball. And that's how we're going to do it for the rest of the off season until March 30th, the first day, opening day. Um, but yeah, that's really the gist, the schedule, how it's going to look like. And let's just get into it because we have a lot to talk about. I'm going to go over all of the signings that I think that were notable and that were important. And we're really going to dig deep into the more interesting ones, perhaps. And we're going to talk more about those. So let's get started. First, we're going to head over to New York where Edwin Diaz, probably the best closer in New York, if not the best closer in the National League, has re-signed with the Mets for five years, $102 million. I think that was a fair price. He's really good. He loves New York. New York loves him. He's really just an icon there. So he stays in New York, which I think a lot of people suspected. I didn't think New York was going to give up a closer like him, and they didn't. So that's that. G-Man Choi leaves Tampa and gets traded to the Pirates and then the Rays receive a minor league pitcher. I feel bad. I love G-Man Choi. I'm such an advocate for him. I think he's a great player. I do think he's he could be better. I think he's a great first baseman. Offensive wise, the numbers aren't quite there, but still. I feel like this... We'll get into this a little bit later, but the Rays team is maybe looking a little bit different this year, um, but it's going to be exciting to see. But anyways, he goes to the Pirates, which have been a sneaky good team this offseason. I'm surprised. I feel like the Pirates may be like contenders in the NL Central. I don't think that they're like as good as the Cardinals or the Brewers, perhaps, but put them in the mix with the Cubs a little bit like they're a little bit of the same. And I feel like they've been making a lot of moves this offseason that were a little bit of surprising. And there's another team that we're going to touch on too who has kind of done the same thing. All right, so moving on. Clayton Kershaw re-signs with the Dodgers for only a year, $20 but he's only there for a year. The big question here is, is it a year and then he retires? Or he plays in LA for another year and then goes to another team or re-signs for a bigger contract with the Dodgers. That's my question. Maybe you guys can tweet at me and say what you think. But it's a little bit like, 
I don't know. I feel like it could go both ways because as we know, Clayton Kershaw has been one of the best pitchers in our modern era, Um, but he also is 34 years old. The arm's still working. Obviously, he isn't as good as he was like 2020-2019 peak season for him, but I don't know. I think he still is one of those valuable players, Hall of Fame maybe not contender, but maybe his name is in the mix. I feel like Clayton Kershaw is an all-star pitcher, will always be an all-star pitcher, and has definitely made his mark not only in LA, but beyond that as well in baseball. So it's going to be surprising to see, first of all, if he can stay healthy this year with the Dodgers, and what are his plans after this year. Because I really can't see him anywhere else besides LA. And I think he's been pretty vocal on that too. That he loves LA and that he wants to stay there. Um, But it's just surprising. Something to think about in the future. But anyways, sign that one year deal. He's going to be back in LA. And definitely going to bring a lot of fans to the ballpark. So that's that. Um, Next, staying in California. Jock Peterson re-signs with the Giants and accepts the qualifying offer of $19.65 million. Uh, A little bit surprising, but also not. I feel like this trade, I mean, not this trade, I'm sorry, this contract negotiation type of deal worked out for both teams. Um, I think it's it works in favor of the Giants a little bit more. Um, not a lot of money there, but... It gets you a good outfielder and a good DH and definitely a good power hitter. I think Jack Peterson has been one of those most more like underrated guys in baseball. I am myself a big Jack Peterson fan, especially when he was on the Cubs. Um, But yeah, from going from LA to Chicago to Atlanta to San Francisco... Um, I think once he left LA and then came to Chicago for a year, got traded at the deadline to Atlanta, stayed there for the rest of their World Series sprint, and then signed with the Giants, um, was a little bit like, I almost caught the hint that he was just, all right, I don't know if this guy's going to settle down anymore. I think he's just going team to team, getting the bag, playing, and doing what he does best, which is obviously hitting long moonshots. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe this was a little bit surprising because I didn't think a lot of people thought he was going to stay on the Giants since he hasn't been been really like a guy who's been on a team for more than a year in the past two years, three years. And yeah, that's really that. I mean, he is from San Francisco, so maybe, you know, that had something to play into it. Uh, he grew up there, I think, too. And I think San Francisco is a great city too, so honestly, I think this works in favor of the Giants. Not a lot of money, it gets you a good player. And then also for Jock, who honestly is a great player and he loves San Francisco and if he wants to stay there, he'll stay there, so really good. Um, Next tra- or next signing, we have Tyler Anderson from the Dodgers, signs with the Angels, and he turned down the LA qualifying offer and signed with the Angels for three years, $39 million. This was shocking for me. Tyler Anderson, I feel like, has been 
a pitcher who we've heard of. Um, obviously, being a Dodger pitcher, I feel like anybody would hear about you if you play on the Dodgers, but it's a little bit shocking. I mean, I think that he was better than average having a 2.57 ERA last season. It's kind of surprising that the Dodgers would only offer him the qualifying offer and not maybe more. I feel like he maybe would have signed for just a couple more million and stayed in LA. But three years for, let's see, what was it again? Three years for $39 million in Los Angeles slash Anaheim has, was kind of shocking. I don't know. Like, I, I, I get why he, like, didn't take the qualifying offer because, honestly, I feel like he deserved more. Sneaky good deal by the Angels, too, honestly. It's not a bad signing at all. Three years, 39 mil, pretty good. So, that's exciting for him, honestly. And for the Angels, too. Adding Tyler Anderson to the rotation. Really good pitcher. Really good pickup. Good signing there by the Angels. Um, Let's see. Going to New York. Anthony Rizzo re-signs with the Yankees for two years. $34 million. He has a $6 million buyout for like a total of $40 mil, And then has a player option in 2025 I think it is of 17 mil I think this was not shocking at all Anthony Rizzo being a former cub who's been on the team who's was on the cubs for most of his career won the world series there going to New York at the trade deadline two years ago was groundbreaking it also benefited New York a lot and I think that they finally found their first baseman. The guy that's always just going to be at first base. He can great leadoff hitter too. So honestly, not surprised that he stayed there. I think he is a New York guy. And yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see if they are going to take that player option in 2025. I feel like they will. I feel like he might just end his career there and just keep playing for New York. Um, but... I don't know. I think he looks good in the pinstripes, and I think it really, really suits him. And he's been playing pretty well over there. So, yeah. Um, moving on. The Blue... Okay, this this is kind of exciting. The Blue Jays trade Teoscar Hernandez to the Mariners. And the Mariners... And then the Blue Jays receive, like, a prospect, I think, or something it was. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is a really good player. Underrated outfielder, for sure. I think this is great for the Mariners. I have no idea why the Blue Jays traded. Um, if anybody wants to fill me in on that, I, I really don't know. Like, I couldn't make sense of it. Good pickup by the Mariners, but I don't know. I'm just surprised. Teoscar Hernandez seemed like one of those staple guys with Vladdy and Springer and all the other guys on the team in Toronto. I feel like I wasn't expecting them to mess up what they already have. Uh, it really didn't work out for them last year. They didn't really make a a far postseason run, but I also think that they had quality players and put up quality quality lineups. So surprising to see that shift a little, but yeah, I think it's good for the Mariners. Um, he's a great player. So yeah, um, moving on. Uh, IKF Isaiah Kiner Falefa resigns with the Yankees for a year, six million. Yankees fans, how are we feeling? This 
shocking but maybe not uh i think it was kind of known that the yankees were not gonna go out and get one of those top shortstops on the market i feel like correa was maybe a no like since the beginning but it was like i hope and cross my fingers that something happens dansby not really trey turner i don't know i feel like they were the yankees were never a team in the talks with all of these big shortstop names so when it came down to IKF I feel like it was not a safe option but they knew that they were not gonna be spending a lot of money with him and he's not a bad player he's decent I know Yankees fans have strong opinions about him um, but I don't know I feel like it was more of a okay you know IKF isn't the worst and we can get him for a year only six mil let's just lock him up save our money for the rest which was Aaron Judge we'll get into that but um yeah so honestly I feel like the Yankees dabble in a little bit more other positions shortstop maybe not their clear position but as well as with like Oswaldo Cabrera um he's in the infield pretty good player himself I feel like there really was a need to go out and sign one of those big names and keeping IKF was a little bit more of a safer mm, reasonable option so surprising but then again I understand why they did it and it's more responsible I feel like um moving on we have Gio Urshela has been traded to the Angels another sneaky move by the Angels this was the other team that I was talking about along with the Pirates who might be sneaky good this year. I I mean, I don't think that they're going to go out and play in the World Series, but I do think that they can be like one of those teams that hurts a big name team, if that makes sense. Like Angels versus Dodgers, I wouldn't be surprised if the Angels take the series. I think they're going to be a sneaky team this year and... A lot of people are going to underestimate them, but watch out for the Angels. I'm excited to see how they're going to play this year. Um, and then Hunter Renfro uh, traded to the Angels as well. Good player himself from Milwaukee to California. And then Carlos Santana signs with the Pirates for a year, $6.7 million. Again, the Pirates just slugging up that big guy along with O'Neill Cruz. I think that's his name. We all know who we're talking about. The guy who's literally like 6'5", just throws bullets, smashes balls. Like if he literally, like if it was like a golf ball, he takes one little swing and that's actually like a humongous hack and the ball goes like to the second deck. I'm sorry, but that Pirates team may be really good this year and the power on that team might be insane. So, I'm excited to see that. Uh, moving on. Mike Clevenger signs with the White Sox for a year, $8 million, with a $4 million buyout. So, total of like $12 million. Good pickup by the White Sox. Good signing. I think that this was one of the only notable signings by the White Sox. Really didn't do much this free agency. I mean, it's not over yet, but I don't know. The White Sox have been drawing some question marks. And... Yeah, so Mike Clevenger to the White Sox. Uh, Jose Abreu, keeping on the same White Sox notes, signs with the Astros for three years, $58.5 This is a guy who's been with Chicago 
with the south side of Chicago for his whole entire career and moving to the reigning World Series champions has been it's kind of crazy that the White Sox would let him go because of like he was really just like the face and Jose Abreu is such a great player I don't know why they wouldn't keep him but he goes to Houston and I guess that kind of means for Houston that now they have their first baseman Trey Mancini isn't really in the picture anymore um so it's going to be cool to see Jose Abreu there on a contending team, on a really good team. I'm excited to see what he has to offer on that team. So that's going to be exciting to watch. Um, moving on, Jesse Winker goes to the Brewers, and then Colton Wong goes to the Mariners. This is a little bit of like a cool trade. Jesse Winker, great player from the Mariners, previously on the Reds moves to Milwaukee, which is great by them. I think he's going to really fit well there. And then um, Colton Wong moves to Seattle. Colton Wong is an amazing infielder. Colton Wong is just a guy who plays really, really good baseball and smart baseball as well and underappreciated for it. I feel like not a lot of people talk about him and we should start talking about Colton Wong. So, I think he was great on Milwaukee. Like, I think he's going to carry that out in Seattle. I'm surprised they would trade for him, though, because if you have um, Adames and Wong up the middle in Milwaukee, it was really good. I don't know who's going to be in that spot now, um, but it'll be exciting to see. I don't know. I think Adames and Wong was a really good up the middle option, and I think they worked really well together. Uh, so... It's going to be exciting to see what happens, I guess. Um, Moving on, we got, oh, this is a big one. Jacob DeGrom signed with the Rangers for five years, $185 million. Crazy! DeGrom, arguably the best pitcher in baseball, has left New York, has left the Big Apple, and is now going down to Texas with the Rangers, who spend a lot of money on all these players. And I'm just hoping that this year they show it. Having Seager, signing Simeon, um, now with DeGrom, hopefully they get on track and they start to kind of become one of those contending teams. Um, Yeah, I mean, they got those guys locked up for a while, so hopefully that starts to show soon exciting deal for him I feel like the money was there the years were there I don't think this is going to be the rest of his career but it's going to be exciting to see where this leads up to Um, I think it was kind of known that he really wasn't going to stay in New York although like I know a lot of Mets fans wanted him to but being DeGrom you just got to go for whatever team you feel like is best and wherever you're going to get the money that you feel like you deserve. So yeah, good pickup by the Rangers. Hopefully it works out for them. And hopefully that's that like final piece that they need in order to make a run this year. That's that. Next we have Justin Verlander, another pitcher, signed with the Mets. So the Mets lose to Grom, but then they bring in Verlander for 11, oh no, wrong one, two years. 86 million. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
Justin Verlander being a veteran pitcher, um, previous World Series winning pitcher. Um, yeah, I think he still has stuff to show and he still proves that he has stuff to show even at the age that he has. And I think that he's going to really do good in New York. I don't know, I'm excited for that one. Um, so yeah. Next, we have one of the big free agents on the shortstop market that signed. Trey Turner signed with the Phillies for 11 years and 300 million. 11 years, 300 million. That's the rest of his career. 300 million. He's safe to say he's good. Crazy. I think such a good pickup by Philadelphia. Um, That team is looking good. It was already looking good last year in the World Series. Now, I really think that hopefully they make their mark this year. Hopefully they do the same thing they did last year and then the outcome of the World Series is a little bit better. Um, he reunites, Trey Turner reunites with Bryce Harper. Um, I mean, I feel like Trey Turner has always been a good player. Always just a consistent guy. The athleticism defensively has always been there around the bases as well. Um, offensively, a little bit of ups and downs, but all like he still is an above average player. So... I think this is exciting for him. I definitely do see him in a Phillies uniform, and I think he's going to fit well into that organization. So that's the first free agent shortstop that was signed for a good amount of years and then definitely a good amount of money. Moving on, we have Josh Bell, who signs with the Guardians. I have been raving about this signing because I think it's great. Two years, $33 million. Name another guy who would fit better on the Guardians. No one. Josh Bell is literally such a Guardians guy. And I'm so excited for him to go there because I think that that's just such a good team for him. Josh Bell, Jose Ramirez. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Josh Naylor. Like, that's that's three guys there who hit consistently all the time. I say this once, I say it again. Guardians hitters are so consistent in baseball and so underhyped. I feel like the Guardians are, first of all, they're an underhyped team. They have the veteran guys, Jose Ramirez, but then they also have Steve Kwan, who's just impeccable as a rookie. And I think that the team is so underrated. The hitters are so underrated for being how good they are and so consistent. They're not big names, but they're guys that are going to get you on base every single time. So super excited for Josh Bell because that is just such a great signing. And I think that's such a great place for him to go. So yeah, that's my little rant about Josh Bell. Um, let's see. Let's see. Moving on. Andrew Heaney signs with the Rangers. Another guy, arm, really good arm for the Rangers to match with DeGrom, pretty good, two years, 25 mil. And then Cody Bellinger signs with the Cubs for a year, 17.5 million. I think this is a really good signing for him um, and for the Cubs. I think, as we know, Cody Bellinger, after winning MVP and having the season of his life, it hasn't really stayed that way. It definitely kind of hit a bump in the road and started to go downhill. But I think that this new environment will be good for him. Hopefully, he has like a breakout year and he starts to get back on his groove and he starts to go back to being one of the best baseball hitters, honestly. I think 
defensively, he is arguably one of the most best performed center field players. He's really good in the outfield. The athleticism is definitely there, but I hope that he can really get back on track offensively. And I also think that this signing wasn't a lot of money, so I think the Cubs, this is a good signing for the Cubs to experiment with. Not a lot of money, but you get a good player for a year, whatever happens, happens, and there really is no lose situation. So, really good signing there. Um, Next, we have Mitch Hanniger, signs with the Giants for three years, 43.5. I really loved Mitch on the Mariners. Um... The Mariners were one of those teams this offseason I was a little bit confused on um, just because I feel like they had really good players last season and they did make a postseason run. Ultimately, it didn't really work out in their favor, but at the same time, I feel like the team itself was good um, and they kind of let some of those guys go this year. So it's going to be like interesting to see how it works out this year just because I feel like you know, like, when teams don't perform well in the postseason, most of them retaliate and go out and sign all these big names. They're getting all these players because now they know, okay, we did it before, let's do it again, but now we're going to add all these good guys, we're going to add all these players, whatever. I feel like that they didn't do that. If anything, they did the opposite, letting go of Frazier, Mitch Hanniger, um, Jesse Winker's gone, they do get Colton Wong, but I don't know. A little bit surprising. I'll get to the Adam Fraser stuff in a second. But anyways, yeah, Mitch Hanniger with the Giants. I think really good pickup by the Giants, though. So. Um, and then Taiwan Walker signs with the Phillies for four years, $72 million. Another great pitcher. I'm excited to see what he could do in Philadelphia. And then Jamison Tyone from the Yankees signs with the Cubs for four years, $68 million. This is really good for the Cubs. Another... Um, pitcher in the rotation he's really good like I feel like for the most part he's been consistent I think there has been like a little bit um better moments than others but I do think he really fits well into what the Cubs pitching rotation has consisted of lately so excited to see that and then the big one Aaron Judge signs re-signs with the Yankees for nine years 360 million He's building a house there. He could might as well just live there because that's his whole career. He's going to spend in New York. Crazy. And I'm so excited that all of the Yankees fans do not have to give away their jerseys now. And you can keep buying all the Aaron Judd jerseys you want because he is not leaving. He's staying in New York. That's his home. And I think that is an A-plus move, in my opinion. One of my faves. I think I really couldn't imagine Aaron Judge in any other city because he's just such a New York guy, I feel like. He loves it there. The city loves him. So many milestones have been hit in New York. Or not hit in New York, but for New York. So I'll get into more of that later. But that was a sighting that I definitely loved and I was happy about. But there was a little bit of drama. We'll get into it later. But yeah, so Aaron Judge stays with the Yankees, nine years, $360 million. book it. All right, next, Kenley Jansen signs with the Red Sox, still in the game, two years, $32 million. Pretty good. I think Kenley Jansen definitely was a super, super good pitcher with the Dodgers. Going to Atlanta, 
he was also pretty dominant, but um, I don't think as dominant he was with LA and then, or LA in the beginning, I should say, because we know towards the end it was a little bit rough. Um, I think going to the Red Sox is pretty good, pretty good move. Um, and then Wilson Contreras, former Cubs catcher, signs with the Cardinals for five years, $87.5 million. As we know, the Cardinals don't have their permanent catcher anymore ever since Yadier Molina retired last season. So this year, obviously they were in the looks for a new catcher. Wilson Contreras being one of the most or one of the best catchers in the league. Um, who wouldn't be interested, right? And yeah, I think him going to a division rival team was a little bit awkward, but you know, at the end of the day, baseball's a business as much as it is a game. So I'm not shocked. Being a Cubs fan, I'll talk about it in Friday's episode a little bit more in depth. Um, it hurts, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's a business and the Cardinals needed their number one catcher and they needed a guy who they could rely on and having Wilson Contreras on my team for the past years, I can definitely say he is one of those catchers, one of the best backstops ever and uh, definitely a leader type of guy. So kind of filling in the shoes of Molina, I think that's the best player that could do it. So yeah, <laughs> that's that. I mean, I'm not really going to go into the personal side of it yet. Um, if you really want to hear my thoughts on that and me go off on that, you can listen in on Friday's episode and we'll talk more about that one. But anyways, the Cardinals got their catcher. Moving on. Let's see. The Japanese player Yoshida signed with the Boston Red Sox for five years, 90 million. I think he was one of those players who was definitely amongst every single team. A lot of teams were in on him. He's such a great player. So I think I think Boston will suit him well. Um, five years, 90 mil, pretty good signing. Keeping on the same Boston kind of note, Xander Bogarts signs with the Padres. This is the second shortstop free agent to go. Xander Bogarts signs with the Padres for 11 years, 280 million. Wow. I would have never guessed that, to be honest. Like, I, I did not really see him going to San Diego. I think, I think he, I, there was a little bit in me that I was like, all right, maybe Boston will keep him because he's been there for his whole career. And then at the same time, Boston kind of needed him. Um, and he's such a great player. I, I don't know. I just feel like San Diego, I did not think so at all. Um, but they have Hassan Kim and they have... Fernando Tatis, who's going to return this year as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think Hassan Kim is a really good infielder. Hopefully he stays in the game because I think his athleticism is amazing. Um, Offensive-wise, maybe not so much, but definitely defensively, I think he's good. Uh, Fernando Tatis is a big question mark whether he could go back and be the player that he was in 2021-2020. But... Yeah, so there's your Bogut to the Padres. 11 years, got the bag. All right, next. Uh, Brandon Nimmo resigns with the Mets for eight years, $162 million. A, cur- a, a contract definitely respected. I think Brandon Nimmo is one of the best outfielders in baseball, and um, 
yeah, I think that Mets fans are pretty happy about this one because they wouldn't want to see him go. And I think New York did the right thing of keeping him. So, yeah, that's a really good signing, I think, there. He's definitely a great player. So, yeah, moving on. We have another Japanese player, Kodai Senga, I want to say. Signs with the Mets, five years, $75 million. I mean, the Mets, they really don't have a budget, and they just keep signing and signing and signing, and that's what works for them, honestly. And hopefully, it could really show this season. I feel like... Not to be like the Mets hater here, because I definitely am not, but the Mets have signed a lot of guys in the past two, three years, and I feel like the farthest we've got has been a wild card. So I uh, I just hope that all these sightings can work out for them this time, and the playoff run could be there with Lindor, with Alonzo, um... Now, keeping Nimmo with new players, Senga, um, Justin Verlander, Edwin Diaz, all these guys, they have really good players, and hopefully the pieces of the puzzle connect this year. So, it's going to be exciting to see, though. Um, And then, we got a three-way trade. Sean Murphy goes to the Braves, and then William Contreras goes to the Brewers. There was a little bit more, there was more players involved in this, but I just kind of picked out the guys who really stood out to me. William Contreras, Wilson Contreras' brother, is a really good catcher. Definitely not up to par with Wilson, but I do think that he's a good player um, offensively and defensively. Backs up as well. Um, yeah, so he goes to Milwaukee and kind of surprising. I don't know. He was really an Atlanta guy to me. And then Sean Murphy goes to Atlanta, which I think is really good. Moving on, uh, Chris Bassett signs with the Blue Jays for three years, $63 million. And then Mike Zunino signs with the Guardians for a year, $6 million. Um, let's see, Ross Stripling signs with the Giants, two years, $25 million. Noah Syndergaard signs with the Dodgers for a year, $13 million. He leaves Philadelphia, goes to LA. Kind of shocking a little bit, but... I don't know. Hopefully, I don't really see him as an LA guy, but hopefully he could uh, really get back into that groove. I think he's a great pitcher, phenomenal pitcher, but um, a year is kind of shocking. I don't know, but that's just what I think. I don't know if he's going to carry out the season there or if he's going to stay there even longer than a year. Um, but yeah, so a year with the Dodgers is going to be exciting to see. And then Adam Frazier, this is another Mariners guy I was talking about, signs with the Orioles for a year, $8 million. I am on the Adam Frazier train. I have been on ever since Pittsburgh. And I don't know, I was a little bit surprised. I really thought he was going to stay with the Mariners. Um, going to the Orioles was surprising. I feel like maybe a little, there were other teams that stood out to me more that I thought he was going to sign with, but at the end of the day, it's a year. It's eight million, so experimental things. I really take one-year contracts as experiments to see. I usually think, like, my philosophy is if if a player signs for a year with the team, 
it's either because they want to experience being on the team or they have something to prove or they are working on something. So it's like they haven't been doing too well. I'm going to go to another team, you know, new environment, see if I can break out of this funk that I'm having. Um, Or, yeah, it's like, or a team is like, all right, you know, this guy is pretty good, a little bit iffy. We're just going to pay him a couple million, nothing crazy, only for a year, and we'll see where it goes. And maybe he could really be a good, valuable trade piece come the deadline. So I think that's how I take one-year trades, a little bit more of a, like, experimental type of things. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting for Adam Frazier. Moving on, Carlos Rodon signs with the New York Yankees for six years, $162 million. Man, this Yankees starting rotation is looking a little bit scary. You got Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, Frankie Montas. Pretty good to me. All those guys have, or most of the guys have under four, like, ERA. Um, Carlos Rodon being one of the best pitchers in baseball, along with Garrett Cole. Uh, Nestor Cortez, just nasty stuff, as we know. So, pretty good, honestly. So. That rotation definitely gets stronger. Um, Moving on, on the Yankees kind of note, Joey Gallo signs with the Twins for a year, $11 million. Another one of those experimental contracts. Andrew Benintendi signs with the White Sox for five years, $75 million. That's kind of surprising. I don't know. I really didn't picture him going there. But uh, good pickup by the White Sox, one of the, like I said, a few that they made. Um, But yeah. And then moving on to another shortstop who leaves the free agent market, Dansby Swanson signs with the Chicago Cubs for seven years, $177 million. I think this is great for Dansby, great for the city of Chicago, and great for the Cubs. The whole infield has been kind of a question mark this whole entire offseason. Um, I feel like there hasn't been any permanent, permanent guys except for like Nico Horner. Um, who is uh, definitely a future all-star and a really, really good shortstop, second baseman, wherever you put him in those two positions he's going to excel at. Um, And I think Dansby Swanson matched with Nico Horner up the middle is really, really good for this Cubs team. Um, It's a great contract for him. His wife plays in Chicago as well. Um, And if you haven't watched this press conference yet, I definitely, definitely recommend Um, He talks about why he feels like Chicago is the right decision and it's home and he's meant to be here and play here. So I am super excited to see the dynamic duo of Swanson and Horner up the middle. It's going to be really fun baseball to watch with the athleticism by both guys and just the personality that Dansby has, the leadership um, is really going to bring a lot to this Cubs team. So excited for that signing. Next we got... J.D. Martinez signs with the Dodgers a year, $10 million. J.D. Martinez probably going to be a huge future Hall of Famer. I think he's a really good veteran player, um, still has stuff to show. So seeing him in L.A. is kind of like almost give me like Albert Pujols type stuff. Um, next, Michael Brantley re-signs with the Astros for a year, $12 million plus $4 million buyout, I'm pretty sure. So it's $16 mil. That is surprising to me. Michael Brantley really didn't play last season. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but I'm just like, I'm surprised that the Astros re-signed him because the big question is, is he even healthy? 
or is he going to even stay healthy? So that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that because hopefully he's healthy and he can be in games, starting games, and go back to the player that he was before he was injured. But if he is, I feel like that's another contract wasted almost. Um, Yeah, so that's what I think about that. And then Seth Lugo signs with the Padres for two years. It's worth $15 million. That's how much the contract's worth, but no numbers have been set in stone for that. And then Matt Carpenter signs with the Padres for two years, $12 million. Um, Former Yankee, former Cardinal. Um, Yeah, I feel like maybe that's a good contract for him. Um, Hopefully San Diego works. I know it was a little bit of a bumpy road in New York, but he really, really was good in St. Louis, so hopefully he could go back to that. Um, Yeah, and then moving on, Adam Adovino signs with the Mets for two years, $14.5 million, and then (laughs) let me be specific on this one. Carlos Correa agreed, agreed to sign with the Mets for 12 years. 315 million. I got a lot to say about that, so that's going to come a little bit later. Um, and then Will Myers signs with the Reds for a year, 7.5 million. And Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays. And Guriel and Moreno to the Diamondbacks. That was a crazy trade. Again, I don't really know what is going on in Toronto, but I think Dalton Varsho is a great player, so. Who knows? And then Michael Conforto signs with the Giants for two years, $36 million. I think it's a great pickup by the Giants. Michael Conforto is a great player. Um, and then Rich Hill, still playing baseball, signs with the Pirates for a year, $8 million. Another sneaky good move. Um, Nathan Eovaldi signs with the Rangers, two years, $34 million. Another guy who hopefully can show his stuff on the Texas Rangers team. And then, last but not least, Corey Kluber signs with the Red Sox for a year, $10 million. So, those are all the major notable free agent signings, in my opinion, um, that went down so far this offseason. Now, I kind of want to go in deeper um, on just a few of them. We talked about most of the shortstops. As we know, this is probably one of the biggest shortstop markets in baseball history. I don't think the biggest one, but definitely up there. Um, a lot of big names up there. Carlos Correa, Xander Bogart, Sanfi Swanson, Trey Turner. And I feel like for the most part, they all got good contracts, a lot of money for a very long time. And um, yeah, I feel like it all really worked out. I kind of did a little bit of some math and the total amount is roughly about a billion dollars and 72 million was spent on these shortstops. So a lot of money, but I do think it was well worth it because shortstops is one of the most crucial positions in baseball. So yeah, um, moving on, let's talk about Aaron Judge. Let's talk about the drama. Let's talk about the Giants. Let's talk about John Heyman. All these things that went down during winter meetings and then a little bit before that. So Aaron Judge, as we know and love, is a phenomenal baseball player who is going to definitely go down in history and one of the best baseball players of all time. He's a leader. Um, He's New York's pride, in my opinion. So when rumors started to come out towards the end of the season that, you know, maybe he's not going to stay in New York, I don't know if the Yankees are going to sign him again or they're willing to put in all this money towards him even though he's hit 62 home runs in one single season. 
that was a little bit like questioning to me. I was like, okay, well, he's a great player. I can see why you're hesitant about spending the money. But at the same time, I saw, I saw it more as like an investment piece, like a guy who's going to be on your team forever. He's going to bring people in the seats. He's going to be bring people from all over the world and almost like Derek Jeter type stuff. So when it started getting deeper into the off season and we're like two months out and a lot of talks between the Giants and Aaron Judge and then Aaron Judge was in San Francisco and he was in like New York and he was at winter meetings but he wasn't at the same time. Who knows? All of that stuff went down and it was reportedly said that he signed with the Giants by John Heyman. That I feel like all hell broke loose at that moment. I feel like everybody was like, what happened? Like, oh my God. Like, I feel like it was suspected. But then when, you know, the tweet gets posted that he actually did sign, it's like, oh my God, it just happened. It's like a, it's like one of those wow moments. And then um, ultimately it was actually not true. And he did not sign with the Giants. He jumped the gun. It's all right, John. We do it all the time. You know, it's fine. It's normal. It's normal. People make mistakes. We are human. But he didn't sign with San Francisco. He signed with New York for a lot of money and for many, many years. But I think ultimately he bet on himself and it worked. 360 for nine years. Pretty good. Um, yeah. And then was later named the New York captain. Definitely a cool moment. So maybe that had some influence on it. But at the same time, I feel like he didn't know. So who knows? But I'm definitely happy that he's in New York. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the whole Carlos Correa trauma that is still ongoing. So as we know, Carlos Correa played for the Twins and signed some major, major contract that had a lot of holes in it. And ultimately for the Twins didn't really work out. Um, And it was kind of like known that he wasn't going to play in Minnesota again, but there was a little bit of hope. Um, A lot of teams in on him. And then the Giants go and they pick him up for a lot of money um we knew that he was going to sign for a lot of money but he signed for 13 years 350 million that was the contract that was supposed to be with the giants um and like i said a lot of teams were in on him the cubs the giants the mets the padres etc um ultimately the giants reportedly had the agreed upon deal pending physical like every other deal is um but they had it done and I think it's kind of funny because a lot of times when like deals are reached upon it's always like the tweet breaks out that's like Carlos Correa signs with reportedly signs with the Giants for 13 years 350 million pending physical nobody cares about the pending physical I feel like that's kind of like the little copyright claim in the corner, like the terms and conditions, like you know it, but you really don't pay attention because it's just kind of almost known that most players are going to pass their physical um, and it's really not a big deal. So when came concerns about his physical, everybody was like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, Carlos Correa was a guy who was on and off the IL for about seven times last season. You would hope that something would have been said prior, but him being a big name, I feel like I understand why because it kind of 
draws a lot of teams the opposite way if they know that you have an ongoing injury. Um, and obviously, there aren't many teams who are going to want to sign a guy who's been who's not severely injured, but who whose injury can really affect the way that they're going to play for the next upcoming years. You know, like you sign a guy because you know that he's 100% healthy, not because you know that his leg is on the verge of coming off. And not that I'm saying that his that's what's going on with Correa, but it's basically like you you just don't want to sign a guy who's hurt. So um, when the little bit of miscommunication was going down with the Giants, it was never like, all right, the Giants are out. It was always like, all right, well, now the Giants are worried. But it was never like, okay, you know, the Giants are not going to take them. Who's next? And I feel like the Mets just swooped in and just got him. I mean, Steve Cohen, he could really care less. That's the type of guy he is. He just got him. He was like, hey, you're not going to take him. I'll take him. Give him. I'll give him however many, much money he wants. The deal was literally done at like two in the morning because he was in, he was like in Hawaii or something. And he was just like, all right, sign a check. Here we go. And crazy. So the Mets got him. Not 100% because the Mets were like, okay, like, let's just cut Correa, and reportedly, the deal was, or the deal is, 12 years, 315 million is agreed upon, but now the Mets are worried, and I think it's a little bit different this time with the Mets, because the Mets organization came out and said that they have agreed upon a deal with Carlos Correa, and that's a little bit harder to back out on. So I feel like once you already have all these things set in stone with, you know, your organization and all these, like, press conferences are being scheduled, it's harder to be like, wait, never mind, you know? Um, So I really don't know what the injury is. I couldn't find a lot of information about it. I think it does have something to do with his leg, um, but the severity of it I have no idea so really Carlos Correa in theory is still a free agent there has been no permanent like no like set in stone signing he hasn't signed the piece of paper he hasn't shook Steve Cohen's hand yet so I do think the deal might get done with New York but it's been about like a week or two and it nothing has been like said so I'm actually going to laugh really hard if, like, another team is like, all right, here we go, we'll take them. Oh, wait, never mind, you know? So, I guess hopefully next week when we come back, hopefully Carlos Correa is actually, actually on the team. Um, But, yeah, so that's really it. That's all I wanted to talk about. I know I said that's all, but it's – I talked about so much. A lot has happened this free agency, this soft season. Um, It's been a good one. It's been an interesting one so far, and I feel like – it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but there are still many free agents on the market. So hopefully next week we'll have some new ones to talk about. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to tune in to my Cubs episode on Friday, it would be posted on January 6th. So make sure to go check that out if you are a Cubs fan or if you want to listen to a Cubs podcast. If not, I will see you guys on Monday, January 9th for another regular baseball episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.